0: Hi, this is Don Coscarelli, the director and writer of Phantasm, and you are listening to Horror Movie Podcast.
1: Halloween ghosts and ghouls and welcome to horror movie podcast where we are dead serious about horror movies this October in the spirit of Samhain your horror hosts Gilman Joel Dr. Shock and the Wolfman We'll be putting aside our regular review format to take a nostalgic stroll down Mockingbird memory lane. In this episode, we bring you Horror Movie Podcast at the Movies. Okay, so it is spooky
0: October, this is my favorite month of the year, and... In the past, you know, as we've talked about, we've done a lot of these different franchise reviews and it's taken a lot out of us, frankly, physically and emotionally to get those shows done. And so this year, the concept was let's just tell some stories. Let's just have some storytelling time. That was something people really liked about last year's shows is we had these listener campfire tales kind of in the middle of the show. And so this Halloween season, we're doing these nostalgic stories kind of about our childhood largely and we're going to talk about our experiences at the movie theater, at the video store, at the drive-in, staying up late to watch TV at a sleepover, those kinds of things. And then ultimately, we're going to cap it off on Halloween with some stories about going trick-or-treating as kids and and that kind of experience. And so we hope you guys will enjoy these episodes this month. This episode, inspired by Siskel and Ebert at the movies, this is a horror movie podcast at the movies, so we're going to talk about some kind of theatrical experiences we had that were formative growing up. And uh, for me, yeah, I mean, uh, there was definitely a difference between going to the old style of movie theater and then when that changed to the Megaplex era. That was a very clear distinction for me. Growing up, I remember going to movies as a kid, and I've talked about a lot of these on the show before, but some of my earliest movie theater memories are horror movie related. I remember going and seeing Gremlins. I've talked about that several times. You know, I really wanted to see it because I thought it was a Muppets movie, you know, and I remember seeing the trailers and being like, oh, that looks like so much fun. And my mom being like, "Ah, I don't think you're gonna like it. And I begged her to take me. And then I remember just sitting in the theater and the scene where the gremlins start chasing Billy's mom. I was just freaked out. I was crying and had to be removed from the theater. And, um, you know, that was, I ended up loving gremlins and I even had a gizmo muscle shirt that I got later that year that I wore proudly for several years until it didn't fit anymore. But, um, but yeah, that was definitely a formative experience. Ghostbusters. I remember seeing Ghostbusters in the theater And you know, the woman in the library just freaking me out so much as a little kid. I remember seeing the Friday the 13th, the final chapter trailer at the movies. And that being something that like really captured my imagination and freaked me out. Um, seeing that you know, that preview before the movie started. But, you know, I loved going to the theater. I still love going to the theater. Obviously, in the time of COVID-19, which we're in at this moment as we record, it's been a long time for me. I uh, have not been for a long time, just as it's been for most of us. And we'll talk in about another episode about going to the drive-in. That's been my one uh, respite, was getting to see some movies at the drive-in theater. But, yeah, it's been hard. And, I you know, I I, I remember... Those old sticky floors of those theaters and, you know, and they, the floor, you know, ramped down toward the screen. And so it was, you know, if you dropped something, it would just roll all the way down to, to the front of the theater. You know, it's not like now where it's in levels, the stadium scene, you know, someone would drop their drink. And just soda would wash down the entire theater on everyone's feet. You know that that's like a very (laughs) early memory of mine is just someone's coat sloshing (laughs) over my ankles, you know, from behind. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I loved going to the theater back then. You know, I remember sleeping out for. um, You know, when uh, was always the Star Wars re-releases. So when George Lucas did his new versions in the '90s and digitized, I remember. You know, people camped out around around the block, and we'd go and you know try to sneak in to the line. Me and my friends, we were in high school at the time, and um, that was so much fun. And and then I remember when my first friend got a job at a movie theater. That was the big, amazing moment because we kind of all of a sudden had backstage (laughs) access to all the inner workings of the theater. He'd sneak us in through, uh, you know, the exit door and. He'd give us like a big like garbage bag full of popcorn because I guess it's the paper bags and, and cups that are really the only overhead cost for soda and, and for popcorn at the theaters, you know, because that's the thing that costs money. The popcorn and, and soda itself are pretty cheap. And so he would say, yeah, bring a bag and I'll fill it up with popcorn for you. So we would bring, like, big, giant black garbage bags, and he would just <laughs> fill the entire thing up with popcorn. And we would pass it around with, like, five guys that snuck in the exit door. But um, so that was definitely formative. As an adult, it's just been getting to kind of relive that feeling by seeing some of my, old, you know, 80s classics and 70s classics on the theater, you know, these retro screenings that they do seeing John Carpenter's Halloween on the big screen for the first time as an adult was an amazing experience. So that's been kind of the closest I've got to getting to relive those memories. But yeah, there's something, I, you know, the thing that I really wish we had was like an old movie palace in my town. That's the thing that I never really got to experience. I got to maybe a couple times when I was young, but I, I only vaguely remember it. Rachel, my wife went to Cuba recently at every movie theater there is an old movie palace and it's like 50 cents for a ticket because it's all paid for by the government. And so she went to all of these amazing like movie palaces and saw movies there for 50 cents. And uh, that just sounds incredible. That's something that I'd love to do someday is go to some of the old movie palaces
2: that are still in existence
0: and uh, and get to watch a film there.
2: I remember I, I you know, I, I go back, I go way back. Um, my earliest memory Uh, of going to the movies. My father took us to the Jerry Lewis Theater. There was a a chain of theaters, the old Jerry Lewis Theater. And we went uh, to see, I want to say it was um, The World's Greatest Athlete, the Disney movie. Uh, It might've even been Super Dad. One of those two films, I can't remember. It was definitely in the first half of the 70s. And I remember seeing a trailer for the movie Hindenburg. With, uh, George C. Scott. I actually remember the trailer more than I remember what movie I saw uh, I, unless it was Super Dad. there were things about Super Dad that I do recall. Um, the one thing I didn't recall was how much the movie sucked but there were scenes from it that I remembered when I was watching it for the blog uh, years later. But then as I got a little older we you know we what happened was we moved up to you know the area where, um, where I grew up which was in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Um, not too far from Valley Forge, as a matter of fact. I, I was about five minutes down the road from Valley Forge National Park. Wow. And The problem with that, though, was we didn't have a theater near us. I couldn't jump on my bike and go to a theater. It needed to, We had to get on some, some almost highways to get to any theater around us. There was no clear path for me to get there. So my parents would definitely sort of control what I would see for a while. Um, but I still had... You know, I remember my father one day saying, and and this is before Internet, before anything. I mean, as far as my brother and I knew, the whole world was cartoons and going to school and that was it. My father, my father saying, um, let's go check out this new movie that everybody's talking about, Star Wars. And I didn't I didn't I hadn't seen a commercial. I hadn't I had no idea what Star Wars was. When he took us to see it back in '77, I would have been seven years old at this point, and it was a mind-blowing experience. Obviously, to see Star Wars, this this whole world sort of open up in front of you. Um, and I was able to experience that a few times. Actually, uh, I always talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark is when I fell in love with the movies, and that's what it was. That was a, a and these were all old-time theaters. It's my father, you know, just real quick. The story is my father, it was my brother's 10th birthday. We were going to the movies to see Dragon Slayer. We pull up to the theater at the King of Prussia Mall. There was a two screen theater, I want to say there. Um, and we pull up and my father just looks up at the marquee and, and, and sort of utters an obscenity. And I look up at the marquee and it doesn't say Dragon Slayer. He realized he took us to the wrong theater. So I looked to see what was playing there. I remember seeing a 15-second commercial for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I said, okay, why don't we go see Raiders of the Lost Ark to my brother and my friends, and they're all like, no, we want to see Dragon Slayer, and my father's like, uh, guys, you're going to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that was when I, that opening sequence of Raiders of the Lost Ark is when I fell in love with movies. But that wasn't even the first Spielberg film that I saw. I remember a couple of years before that seeing Close Encounters of the Third Kind. My, my father took my brother and I to see that movie. And really being impressed with it. Um, and it was really my father who took us to the, to the theater. Uh, God, well, He took us to the airplane in 1980. And I, I think we were laughing hysterically throughout that whole movie. We didn't even get all the jokes. But the ones we did get, we were laughing long enough to carry us through the ones we didn't get. Uh, and I remember him taking us to, um, well, he took us to our first R-rated movies, which, movies Star Crazy was one of them. And then, uh, history of the world part one was the other start crazy. We could handle history of the world part one. We had a lot of questions, <laughs> um, that, uh, that he wasn't very comfortable answering. Um, but then it, 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 you know, as it got into a, a little bit later, um, because of Razor Stark, I saw Poltergeist. That would probably be the first horror movie I saw no, it well other than the drive-in which we'll get to at another point but in the as far as the movie theater experience Poltergeist would be the first horror movie that I saw on the big screen and it did it scared the hell out of us my uh, my friends and and myself we uh, you know we, we saw it on a beautiful summer day but it scared the hell out of us but I loved it I loved how much it scared me and it was the first movie I recorded off of cable when we got our VCR. It's the first movie I ever owned was Poltergeist. And I remember holding that videotape saying, I own Poltergeist. I can now watch it whenever I want. And that was a hell of an experience. Obviously, I never got over it. thus the DVD infatuation and everything going forward. (laughs) So that was a very defining moment for me. Um, But then, you know, I saw Gremlins on the big screen, too. And I had a reaction. I was a little older at the time. I think when Gremlins came out, I was 14 but I didn't get what everyone was laughing about. For me, it was just sort of horrific. You know, these creatures doing all of these <laughs> awful things. I mean, every, some people were laughing in the theater and I didn't get the joke. I do now. But at the time, I just thought, God, this is this is horrifying <laughs> what's going on with these things. <laughs> um, and Ghostbusters is one of my all-time favorite movie memories because it was a full house opening weekend, everybody laughing at the right moment. It was such... A fun experience. It, that my my two most uh, memorable, as uh, as far as the crowd and everybody getting into it and getting into the spirit of the movie, would have been Superman two in 1980. Everyone cheering and clapping, and oh god, you get swept up in it. And then um, uh, Go- Ghostbusters. So much so that I talked my parents into taking me the next week to see it again. That which they didn't like to do. They did not like to, for me to see movies more than once because they thought it was a waste of money. But I really wanted to see it again on the big screen. I got to see it again. It was a slightly different crowd, not as not quite as energetic as the first one, but it was still a lot of fun. And I had a great time, uh, you know, the second time seeing seeing Ghostbusters as well. And I'd actually uh, there were three movies, I should say, that I got swept in the crowd. The other one was Rocky IV hmm. uh, when I was in high school. That was another great, uh, great Is experience. Is that the Dolph Lundgren one? The Dolph Lundgren one, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, that's that one. Um, And uh, my brother and I had had a really memorable experience. We went to a almost a midnight showing of The Untouchables. Brian De Palma's The Untouchables. And I remember when that movie was done, it was probably uh, got after two in the morning. By the time we were in the car, uh, it was uh, in Plymouth Meeting, up at the mall in Plymouth Meeting, and the theater they had there and i just remember sitting there at 2 a.m. and i was so energized by that movie i just sat down and i said to my brother that's one of the greatest movies i've ever seen i just i was <laughs> wide awake at 2 in the morning and then i just i by the time we got home i don't think i fell asleep for another hour um but now uh, you know as i got a little older i was able to see horror movies on the big screen my wife is not big into certain kinds of horror films we did see the sixth sense together you know, she loved that. And that mm-hmm. was a great movie to see because we didn't know about the twist. Now you think M. Night Shyamalan, that's all you think about is the twist. But this was the first one of his movies, obviously. And it, it definitely got us. Uh, and from there on, I mean, it's it's just been like s- sort of a, a slew of them recently. I mean, I, I got to see The Ring on the big screen. I remember um, uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I think I was one of three people in the theater. Uh, to see Dawn of the Dead, but I didn't care. I use, I would always. I, I, there were about it's a five year span there with with my job where I flexed. Uh, I had flex hours on Friday, which means I was done by ten in the morning. So I got to see the movies as they opened, as the theater opened. I got to see the initial screenings. I can't tell you how many times I was sitting in the theater and it was out of focus or there was no picture because they had just put the print in and it was the first plane. And I'd always have to go down and say, ah, uh, can you work on the movie? There's something wrong. And they'd send somebody up and then they'd fix it. But because of that, it was me and, uh, retired people who were at the theater at that time. And they didn't go to horror movies. They didn't go to action movies either. I was one of three people when, uh, Vin Diesel's triple uh, X opened up. It was, uh, it was in their biggest theater of like 300 some seats. And there were three of us in the whole theater. Um, but I got to see a lot more horror films, you know, in, in recent years. And it's just, it's, it's even with the multiplex, I still love it. Yes. There's something great about that old experience. And I, you know, the thing that drives me crazy is I have one of those theaters in my area, one of those old time movie theaters, and I haven't been there yet. It's probably 15, 20 minutes away. And what really is I'm kicking myself about is it's where they shot the movie, The Blob in the 1950s. It's the yeah. Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, still functions as a theater, has retro screenings. And now through October, they're doing it again. I've just never gotten down there to see a movie. And it's driving me crazy because I have to, to sit in the theater where they shot The Blob and wow. see a horror movie. And it's an old time theater. I mean, this goes way back to the days when they were still doing vaudeville shows and then showing short movies in between. In between the vaudeville shows, that's how long the Colonial has been a functioning theater. Wow, for and, shame, Dave! Yes, how have you not been down there yet. Let me tell you, it's uh, yeah, it's driving me crazy. I've been to the movie tavern where they would serve you dinner at your table, and I still haven't been down <laughs> to the Colonial. Um, I do
0: like I do like a I love, do like a good movie tavern.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, too. You know, there, there's you get to sit there drinking a beer. You know, uh, so you feel like John Travolta when Pulp Fiction, You talked about how you could drink a beer in a movie theater over in, uh, what was it, Amsterdam, I guess he was yeah. talking. <laughs> so that's a cool experience. But um, I miss the theater. I miss the theater experience, especially since I don't have any drive-ins in my local area, mm-hmm. which is driving me crazy. I'm hoping some open up. I'm hoping one of the things that comes from this whole experience with COVID is that they realize yes, there's a market now for drive-ins. And I would love it if some of them would open up uh, around here. I have a few drive-in stories when we get around to that, but not nearly as many as I would like.
0: Man, I'm really jealous that you got to see Star Wars and Rangers of the Lost
2: Dark on the big screen. That's uh, incredible. That was that was great. I mean, I loved that. I that there's something. And another one was seeing Ferris Bueller's Day off on its opening day, which was the last day of school for us, our last day of school. <laughs> and my friends and I from from school, we got together that night and we took up the first two rows. I mean, we we're right down front to see Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was pretty memorable too. But yes, Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark are definitely two that I will never forget.
0: I mean, to think about walking into both of those movies you had the experience not
2: knowing what you were about to watch is yes, insane to that, me. That was what made that's what made it special because that and that's that's what blew me away about Raiders. And that's I that is the moment I fell in love. When that plane flies off in that opening sequence into the sunset, that is when I fell in love with the movies. And that was Raiders of the Lost Ark was the first one I had to say, how did they do that? And I started to learn about directors and behind the scenes and things like that. And that's really what started this obsession of mine. You know, I, I, I had really
0: special experiences with my first viewings of those franchises as well, but it was almost the exact opposite of your experience because I was so familiar with, you know, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back um, from seeing them on television right. uh, that by the time, you know, I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters. And so that was, for me, it was like this crowning moment of my childhood because I had been so obsessed with these films and to finally get to see one on a screen it was just like incredible, you
2: know? Yeah, That's really what you remember. I mean, I do remember seeing, um, uh, all three of the films. And one of the great things about empire strikes back, that's just, that's on screens. Now they're replaying it for its 40th anniversary. It's actually one of the movies you could see in a theater now, since they're not getting as many first run, I guess that you could see empire strikes back. And I think it was, a. Uh, Uh, big Bill Van Vagel from Land of the Creeps. We were talking, you know, we were uh, back and forth on, uh, on messenger. And he told me how he's going to see it. And I just remembered how in 1980, we saw that again, there's no internet. There's not a lot of buzz. And we saw it opening weekend. We did not, that we reacted, you know, that the twist at the end of empire, and I'm not going to give it away here, although I'm sure there's probably 98% of the people out there know what I'm talking about. The big revelation absolutely floored us i mean our mouths probably oh, hit the yeah. hit the ground because we had no idea sitting in the theater that that's where this was going to go and it just changed everything so when raiders came i mean when return of the jedi came out we couldn't wait and they took my we had someone take us opening what it had to even like one one parent of uh, you know my friends and i one of our parents dropped us off another had to pick us up we didn't care how difficult it was for them we had to get to the movie that opening day uh, to to see Return of the Jedi and where they were going to go with that story arc. You know, it yeah. was, and for and we waited three years for that. We had to wait three years for that to, to become a reality.
0: <laughs> well, in that three years, you know, Star Wars became the entire world. And so, you know, I was raised in a world with complete Star Wars saturation. There was so much, as you know, there was mm. so much merchandising. Oh, in yeah like Star Wars seemed like all of life when I was a kid. I mean, there was just like <laughs> coloring books and, and you know, the, my favorite thing were the books on tape, then you would have like your little read along storybook. you know, mm-hmm. like, you'll know it is time to turn the page when R2D2 beats. Like this, <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you, you know, you can read those and all the action figures. And so it was almost felt like surreal, mm-hmm. you know, like the first time, if you go to like Disneyland or Disney world, how it just has like this, hyper real pet you know feeling because it it just feels almost otherworldly that's how seeing my first star wars movie in the theater felt i just i couldn't believe it was actually happening you know yeah and i think you know i had similar but different experiences with um indiana jones and lost crusade and ghostbusters 2 i think those came out the same year and those almost felt like throwbacks i mean it was only a couple years later but you know when you're a kid every year seems like an eternity, you know, the difference of four years seems like (laughs) 30 years now as an adult, you know, like that's what the, the, it feels like. And so, you know, it almost felt like retro to like hear the ghostbusters theme in the theater. By the time ghostbusters two came out to me, my friend, (laughs) you know, like, can you believe this? Remember ghostbusters? Um, and, uh, and similar with, uh, you know, the, uh, the last crusade, those were, you know, that was my first Indiana Jones movie in the theater. Oh no, you know what? That's not true. I did see Temple of Doom when I was younger as well. But yeah, I really remember seeing, uh, especially Last Crusade was a very memorable theater experience. So I'm just very uh, jealous of your
2: Raiders experience. I would collect the card sets from Tops and try to get every card. And the only way I could relive Superman 2 or Star Wars, or Empire Strikes Back, or even Close Encounters, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, was to lay the cards out on my bed and just look at them and try to remember the movie (laughs) in the order of the cards. That was it. For me, that was getting to see the movie again, looking at these tops cards, because that's all I thought. I got to see, I told you my parents didn't like to pay for us to see it twice. I was such a pain in the neck for them about Raiders of the Lost Ark that they finally said, to hell with it, we'll take you again to see the movie. Go, let's go, let's go see it now. So I got to see Raiders of the Lost Ark again on the big screen. And then I had a neighbor a few weeks or a month later who said, you know, I, I want to see that, but my wife won't go see it with me. Um, do you think, do you think uh, he's talking to my parents? Do you think Dave and Mike would want to go with like, Yes. Said, yes, I'll go with you. It was awesome. We got to, I got to see it three times, three times. But when I was leaving that third time, I was like, I may have just seen my all time favorite movie for the last time. I may never get to see this again. And that was a very sort of, it was depressing in a way, but I was like, I was happy. I got to see it three times on the big screen. (laughs) And it's funny because seeing Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom was one of my first disappointments in a movie theater Mm. because it just didn't match for me what was and I had it built up in my head that Temple of Doom was going to be as great a movie as Raiders. I never thought it'd be better. I thought it would be as great as Raiders was. I appreciate see, I, it more now, but at the time, I was incredibly disappointed.
0: See, I, I wasn't as familiar with Raiders at the time. And so that was really my big first introduction to Indiana Jones. And, you know, there's that whole segment at the end that feels like a you know roller coaster ride. Yeah. You know, that, for me, as a kid, plus, you know, Short Round is in it. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. They really played that well to my age group you know mm-hmm. I just thought this is the most fun movie I've ever seen in my life right. you know? right. and the novelizations those were a big deal you know at that time I, I really remember the last Crusade novelization I must have read that a dozen times but there was also I had a kind of like a picture book of uh of uh, temple of doom that I would pore over. But you know it's where I, you know just thinking about it the first time i really remember being scared in the movie theater it was a spielberg movie it was seen et that was the first time oh. i saw a movie in the movie theater and i was terrified and it was just mostly the beginning scene was so scary to me you know when he first sees him out of the barn yes but there were multiple moments in that movie that i thought were really scary as a kid and you know you can still kind of get it watching it again but it's it's funny you know to see those Moments now as an adult, be like, wow, this is the thing that, that terrified me.
2: (laughs) Oh, I get that. I get that a lot. I mean, I, I get that now with, uh, you know, with, uh, temple of doom. I, there were parts of that, that, that did scare me a little bit. It wasn't, but it wasn't so much the parts that scared me. It just didn't feel as if it was like the Indiana Jones that, that I had the the type of Indiana Jones adventure that I had loved from, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and it, with Gremlins now, I laugh more at Gremlins, obviously, than I did back then. But it, that's kind of interesting, too. Now, you mentioned the scene in the library with Ghostbusters. Yeah, that made everybody jump in the theater. And yeah. then that just made the scene that followed it of like Bill Murray sort of needling Dan Aykroy with Getter. You know, that made that <laughs> even funnier. I remember people laughing even more uh, at, at that scene. It was just, there was just such an energy to that film. It was so. Uh, uh, it was like the perfect entertainment. It really was ghostbusters. Um, and I'm really jonesing for that next one to come out because I love the trailer for yeah. the next ghostbusters. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am really looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah. I think I'm most excited. Candy man is the movie. I just cannot wait to no. see in a theater. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. i excited to see candy man.
2: Absolutely. And I, and I've, I'm, I was really anxious to see Antebellum. I know that that's going now sort of as, as a, 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 a pay-per-view or streaming. I really would have liked to have seen that one on a big screen as well. Yeah. I, I guess we're just not going to get an opportunity at this point. I can't see them turning around and releasing it, but who knows? It's a different It's a different world right now. Maybe they will.
0: You know, speaking of Candyman, it was actually another remake that um – really as an adult was a very memorable theater experience and people are going to, some people will groan when I say this, but Rob Zombie's Halloween as controversial a film as that is Hmm. to get to see another Halloween movie in the theater. You know, I think it had been since, you know, H2O resurrection that I had seen one and those were, as much as I loved H2O, Resurrection had not left you know the best taste in my right, mouth. Right. Right. So to just kind of capture that excitement of seeing Michael Myers and and just sitting in that theater was I was one of those daytime film going experiences that you described. And I probably have talked about this on the show before, but there was a local filmmaker who I really like, and he and I were the only two people in the movie theater. He was sitting a couple rows behind me, and we were both just like, "Whoa, this is crazy." and (laughs) watching uh rob Zombie's halloween it was just such an intense experience i really loved that um grindhouse was a very memorable oh yeah experience for me um i've talked about it follows was very memorable because there was a guy like breathing down my neck right behind me in the theater the whole time and i was just like freaking out (laughs) but um but really, one of the most memorable experiences, and it's so hard to remember what we've talked about, because at some point I've probably talked about every moment of the show, The show, but um, seeing The Ring in theaters was so memorable because <laughs> I had not told my wife it was a horror movie because she hated horror movies. And so I, I mentioned, you know, she's like, what, you know, what are we going to see? And I said, well, you know, it's PG-13. I, that's all I said. I didn't mention it was a horror movie. <laughs> 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 and I, I wanted to justify it to her that, you know, this wasn't going to be too scary. Right. And um, we, we went into the theater and then from that closet scene on, she just had her head buried in my, in my arm. She didn't look at the screen almost the entire rest of the entire film. So we're talking like from the first like five minutes on. And we wow. were with a bunch of friends, so she didn't want to leave. So she was just saying, like, F you, F you, but you know, not saying F, like she's like just cursing me out the entire runtime of the movie with her head buried in my shoulder. And then at one point she looks up and it's the horse scene, is this the thing she sees. <laughs> right. She shoves her head back into my shoulder. You know, like she sounds like a... Joe Pesci on Home Alone, like, <laughs> you know. But um, I, I anyway, it was that, that was a very memorable theater going experience. You, and, you, yeah, you she's probably,
2: still scarred to this day. I, I, I you, you probably could have told her the title. She could, you could have told her it was like a Hallmark. But, oh, it's The Ring. You know, yeah. and, oh, a PG thirteen movie called The Ring. Is Jennifer Lopez in it? Oh, that uh, sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. No, I, I've seen the ring for me. Um, I knew it was horror, but I didn't know that what kind of horror movie it was. I didn't know at the time that it was a supernatural sort of ghost story, and those are the ones I always struggle with the most. I mean, I struggled a little with the, with the sixth sense. There's just something, and I've said on the show before. There's something about the supernatural that creeps me out more than anything. So as I'm sitting there and I made it through the ring, and that is the, the, the intensity and the, the tone and the mood of that movie from that video that they show that, that you know, where you get the call right after the video ends to, to just the general mood and atmosphere of that film. It's, it's heavy and it sits with you. So there's a point in the movie where you think all is well. And I started to relax. And then a, a, a character says, you weren't supposed to help her. And it just it goes to it was like if it was on an eight before it goes up to an 11 to, you know, to quote <laughs> this is uh, spinal tap. And that whole time when that scene is playing out, I am looking up and down the row because I was nine rows behind the next person in the theater. I am looking <laughs> up and down the row and I'm saying, if I see something crawling toward me, I am getting the hell out of this theater. I mean, that was a strong experience for me, but again. I bought that DVD the minute it was available because it, I did love it. And it's one of my, um, it was, it made my list for the 2000s. I know it did. Uh, when we did our list last October, I know that that was at least number five. If I, I think it was my number five film for the 2000s and it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, I remember definitely answering the phone was tense for the next day or two after seeing that movie. Yes, and, you know, absolutely. It was a little bit things, your friends play pranks on you. you know, seven days, so you know we, that was a lot of that going on at that time.
2: <laughs> I, 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 this is this is this is my my cruel side coming out. But when I got the DVD, I sat there with my kids who were not incredibly young. You know, I'm guessing like. My one son was uh, later middle school. My other one was early middle school. And I said, oh, this is the video that afterwards it, it you know, the phone rings. And we're watching, you know, I'm showing them they're like, oh, this is weird. You know, like they were a little on edge, but they're watching it because they don't want to pretend like they're not. At that age, they're starting to sort of try to pretend it's not bothering them. Well, I had my cell phone there and I just called the house as soon as the movie was over <laughs> just to let the phone ring. And I remember my youngest son just looking at me going, I'm not picking up that phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. For me that, you know, when you were talking about the ring about how that guy's nine rows in front of you, that's always the thing with horror movies that really enhances my theater experiences being freaked out by the other people in the theater. It follows yes. <laughs> <Like, laughs> was definitely one. The first time I met Jay in person was at one of the paranormal activity films And we were supposed to meet at the theater, but I was running late. And when I came in, he was doing his thing if he sits on the very back row. And I was just like, is that Jay up there? I I don't know if there were other people in the theater, but if there were, there were only a few. And there was someone, you know, I didn't see him. So I just sat in the front row because I like sitting in the front row. (laughs) right? (laughs) Especially like in the theaters, like in the stadium seating where there's that separation. So you kind of put your feet up and you're kind of like just perfectly sitting there. And I, I was kind of freaked out that there was someone behind me the whole time. I kept turning and looking up there. <laughs> what is that? is that? You know, there's someone up there. I, I, well, you, you're always afraid someone's going to like come down and attack you from behind. Yes. Um, I can't remember what the other movie is. I talked about this on the show when it happened, but there was some other movie. I think it was The Stranger's Prey at Night, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, maybe listeners will remember. But a recent movie, you know, not too long ago when I went to see it, that was just me and another guy and we were at, uh, opposite ends of the same row. And the whole time, every time something scary would happen, we'd both turn our heads and look at each other. <laughs> like, you're not coming to get me. I'm not coming to get you. Okay. And like very slowly turn our heads back to the screen. You know, that's, that's always a fun element of seeing a horror movie in the theaters, especially,
2: you know, it, yeah, well, it's like just like three people in the theater. Right. I I had an experience like that, but it's a slightly different, um, scary experience. Now that I think of, I can't remember what movie it was, but it was a horror movie. It would have been back. um, It was in the October of the year that the Dark Knight Rises came out, and that terrible tragedy happened in Colorado at that theater. You know the the shooting there. Well, it was a horror movie and it's, it's at our theater up here in Pottstown. And there's one section of this theater that where you go up to the, it's like the, the, um, the, the projection booth kind of juts out a little bit and they're seating to the side of it. You go up into the side of this where the projection booth would be and you can sit there. Well, behind that is where it's dark, you know, like the lights shine everywhere except for the last row in the corner, um, you know, as you're closest to the projection booth, uh, or, the area that would be the projection booth you 're kind of in the dark well i 'm sitting there, um you know a few rows in, and I remember a guy coming in with a backpack, and he went up and sat in that one dark space <laughs> and I just kept looking back there every few minutes, just looking back there. Over my shoulder, over my shoulder. What's going on with this guy? Why did the Why does he bring a backpack? Okay, he brought a backpack. Man, a lot of people bring backpacks in, but this is right after that, and he's in the darkest part of the theater, the one <laughs> small area where there's no light at all, just total darkness. And that freaked me out too. Not for the mo- and and the fact that it was a horror movie, I'm sure, just enhanced that movie for me. I got to go back. I've saved all my movie tickets from. I want to say it's from back in 2001 to now, so I can find out what movie it is if I can wow. if I can pull that get that book. I don't have it in front of me here, but uh, I guess I could find out if I if I pull that out. Um, and unfortunately, 2020, I don't have a lot of tickets in there.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you know the last theater going experience i want to mention before we wrap things up for this episode is the first time that jay and i met you yes was at a screening of happy death day and i, I, I suppose you and jay had already met and you guys were up in the the top row of the theater where jay likes to sit and yeah. i remember walking in and walking up those steps and i'm like oh this is crazy i'm about to meet dave for the first time <laughs> and uh we we meet and it was very pleasant. And then we just sat down, and I just
2: remember I just groaned through the entirety of that happy was death. It was hilarious because I'm sitting next to you, and every time uh, one of those lines or just a creaky moment comes out, I just remember you going, Oh. <laughs> 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 and it actually added, I remember William cracking up. <laughs> he was <laughs> laughing at these moments that were supposed to be like really intense. I remember him laughing hysterically because I, I met William Rowan Jr. the same time. I yeah. think I met him before because he was there before you. You had gotten there a little bit later.
0: He was there to record the podcast. Yes, we were, we podcasted directly after, and he was going to engineer the podcast recording.
2: Yes, yes, that's what it was, and I so I got to meet him before I even got to meet you because yeah, and I was up there. My wife was there, and, and we got to we got to see it. And I remember I remember my wife just sort of. Uh, getting caught up in the whole this isn't very good is it but i think she might have been reacting to you <laughs> to your reaction to the film which then i was reacting to in a way um i neither one of us came out of that feeling it was quite as good as jay did jay uh, i know uh, and yeah. actually actually we got i think we, you and i got more heat about disliking that movie <laughs> than than other ones throughout the time we've been recording
0: that's true yeah some people really enjoyed it and i think mm-hmm. those people need to see more movies but <laughs> um and, well funnily enough i think the first movie that we saw with joel would have been friday the 13th part
2: four at that um that revival screen yes, the to. ending of the 13th the, the first friday the 13th and then friday the 13th uh, the final chapter yes i remember that i sat next to juan uh for that, screening, oh, that awesome. as if as, as i recall but that was a great experience too i love that theater because they had the sound cranked all the way up now you had one of those crowds and i, I heard another podcast solo sort of call them like a hipster crowd where they feel like they yeah. have to laugh at these movies so yeah. there, there was laughter throughout the movie and i remember um i remember jay uh sort of conducting an interview with joel at the end of the first Friday the 13th and Joe was hopping mad that people were laughing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Friday the 13th. I and from- I
0: remember, I think Allison was upset because she comes from like, even though it was more hipster, but the, you know, the very cool town of Portland where mm-hmm. they do a lot more of this kind of stuff. And so right. she was used to having a very respectful audience and uh, the Salt Lake audience. It was clear. It was a lot, a lot of people who had never seen the movies before. And yes. so they didn't have any appreciation for them. And, you know, I think they're just there cuz it was Halloween time and you know.
2: Right. It was it was Friday the 13th and that was yeah. uh, that was my birthday. It was my birthday. That's as a matter right. of fact, we came from my birthday dinner and that's what we got to we went to the theater to to see those movies and uh, it was it was a great experience nonetheless. It's still even with the laughing there was an energy in the theater, I thought. You know, it may not maybe for some of them it it, it, it wasn't working. I don't know. I kind of was feeding off the energy even with the laughing. I wasn't laughing. But I'd seen the movie. i have probably seen the movie a half dozen times by that point anyway. Um, You weren't going to get really scared. No, I wasn't (laughs) going to get really scared. And what was interesting is in front of us was this this, um, guy. I want to say he was in his mid-20s and he had two younger kids with him. I'm assuming they were his younger brothers. That's the vibe I got, that they were his younger brothers. One of them was absolutely scared to death. And I just remember this kid (laughs) sort of burying his, his head in in his older brothers, you know, uh, jacket and just could not look at the film. The older the older brother's trying to sort of calm him down. The other brother is into the movie and trying to get the other the the other the scared brother to look, saying, "Oh, it's okay now." He was like trying to get him to look at the screen to see something scary. And the minute that you had the scene with Mrs. Voorhees at the end, the kid that he was done. He wouldn't look at the screen the rest of the movie. So, and, the, that, and he didn't even stay for the next one. They just got up and left at that point.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we want to hear from you listeners about your favorite theater experiences. We hope you've enjoyed hearing from ours. Um, we, we, we wish Joel had been able to join us. I'm sure he would have brought a lot to the table. But it's a very uh, busy month for him. So make sure you check out his spik- spooky flicks Fest over at Retro Movie Geek. He's working hard over there to put out some great Halloween season content uh, that I know you'll enjoy. I think Dave, you joined him for one of those episodes, so that should be good times. And uh, I think people, yeah, they'll really enjoy this. So just stay tuned. We're going to explore some more fun, nostalgic memories at the drive-in and the video store, and staying up late at sleepovers and uh, that kind of stuff. So keep tuning in with us all month long. And we will be doing a drawing at the end of the last episode and do some giveaways for those who, A, uh, leave your experiences in the comments at horrormoviepodcast.com as well as those who participate in the 31 Days of Halloween Bingo. If you want to know what that's all about, you can check out the website at horrormoviepodcast.com. All right. Well, nice right. talking to you, Dave. We'll Absolutely. talk soon and talk about more fun, nostalgic memories.
1: Absolutely.
2: It was a blast.
1: Hey there, horror fans. It's time to think our Spooky Sponsor, Shudder.com, and invite you to take part in an otherworldly offer.
0: Hey, horror fans, this is Wolfman. I want to tell you about the world's premier streaming service for horror, thriller, and supernatural content. That is Shudder, and it's Spooky 24-7. 365. Just some recent Shutter releases, in case you're not up on it. Released a little less than a month ago, it is Veratica. That is directed by Glenn Danzig himself, of Danzig and Misfits fame. It is an utterly outrageous anthology of horror stories culled from Danzig's own long-running comic book series. Two that just came out at the beginning of October, Scare Me and The Cleansing Hour, The power is out, the fire is lit. In the dark of a Catskills cabin, tensions rise as two strangers tell each other scary stories. Sharp, stylish, and surprising horror comedy, Scare Me, is streaming now on Shudder. And I don't know if that's an anthology. Its description sounds like it's an anthology, but I'm not sure. And in The Cleansing Hour, two guys who livestream hoax exorcisms for profit are disturbed to find that their latest subject has actually been possessed by a real demon. And then coming to Shutter, October 29th, May the Devil Take You Too. That's the Indonesian film originally released there in 2018. Directed by Timo Tijanto, the guy who directed Killers famously, as well as The Night Comes for Us. Another fun thing I just want to remind people of is the Ghoulog that is streaming all through the month of October. It's kind of like those uh, yule logs videos that you can watch of just a fireplace burning uh, for the month of December. But this has a beautiful jack-o'-lantern and some nice decorations, and it's a very pleasant background atmosphere to add a lot of Halloween to your space, If uh, well, whether or not you've got the decorations yourself so here's the ad you can stream great thrillers horror and suspense on Shudder for just 5.99 per month or 56.99 per year shutter has the largest fastest growing human curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment on the planet it's why everybody these days is just calling it the netflix for horror frankly it's better than the netflix for horror let's we should even drop that because it's just the best streaming service available in my opinion You'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all of your favorite devices like Apple devices, Android devices, Xbox, Amazon Fire, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. For my money, one of my favorite films that's come out this year still is Blood Quantum. It's going to make my top ten list at the end of the year. It's not like mind-blowing type of thing you've never seen before when it comes to the zombie genre but what you have to realize is it's this indigenous take on zombies that we've never seen before and so it really is bringing something totally fresh even though the trappings of the zombie genre may feel familiar you're actually seeing something that's never been on film before it's really one of the very few first nation indigenous american horror films that's ever existed personally i bought that one on blu-ray but it is streaming of course on shutter so get started streaming now to try Shudder free for 30 days. Go to shutter.com and use the promo code HMP. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and the promo code HMP. That will turn your normal 7-day trial into a 30-day free trial. It helps us out, keeps the show going. We'd really appreciate it, and I promise you won't regret it. There's no strings attached. Cancel anytime. This is something you want to try if you haven't done it yet. And what better time to do it than the Halloween
1: season? That's it for this episode. We'd like to invite you to get involved in the Horror Movie Podcast community. You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode at HorrorMoviePodcast.com, where you can also find this and all of our past episodes. You can also connect with us on Twitter at HorrorMovieCast. And please subscribe and leave a review for Horror Movie Podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to us on Stitcher and Spotify. And don't forget to get your listener-designed HMP t-shirts at horrormoviepodcast.com store. We'd like to thank composer Kagan Breitenbach for creating our Horror Movie Podcast theme song. You can find more of Kagan's work at kaganbreitenbach.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We hope you'll be back for our next episode of Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies.
0: Hey folks, this is Wolfman. The following outtakes are actually from episode 200. They were listener questions, I believe this one is from Jordan, that directly referred to what we were going to do this episode, and so I just decided to hang on to it, and I think Dave even retold some of the same stories, but in case you want to hear it, here is Jordan's question about favorite movie theater experiences from episode 200, our AMA episode.
3: Hello, hosts of Horror Movie Podcast. This is avid horror fan Jordan Allen, aka at Couple on Twitter. First off, I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate you guys on 200 episodes of the podcast. Thank you guys for all the amazing content and episodes you've put out there for us horror fans to listen to. And thank you for continuing to put out those quality episodes. I know that 2020 has been some very weird and trying times for us all. And I know that personally, HMP has helped brighten my spirits a few times throughout all of this. So thank you guys. Speaking of 2020 and the COVID-19 global pandemic, One of the things I find myself missing the most right now is going to movie theaters. I am deeply missing that experience of sitting in a large theater with my snacks and a drink in hand and watching a horror movie, or any movie for that matter, with that amazing theater sound system. So what I would love to hear from each of you guys is a little bit about your movie theater experiences. What are your favorite or most memorable experiences at a movie theater? And maybe what have been your worst experiences at a movie theater? Thanks again gentlemen and I look forward to hearing your guys's experiences and I look forward to listening to episode 200 of my favorite podcast. Stay safe and stay healthy, horror fam.
2: Thank you very much, Jordan. That's awesome. I, I have two. I mean, for, nope, as far as for horror films, it would be Poltergeist. When we went and saw that in 1982, we went because Spielberg's name was on it and we had loved Raiders of the Lost Ark. We didn't fully know what a pol- we didn't know what a Poltergeist was. Uh, so it scared the hell out of us, uh, but I loved it. It ended up being the first movie I ever recorded on VHS, therefore the first movie I ever actually owned. Um, but overall, movie experience was the first time I saw Ghostbusters in the theater. It was with a full house, and people were laughing. It's one of the most—it's one of the most enjoyable experiences I ever had in a theater. Was seeing Ghostbusters because everyone laughed at the right time. Everyone was applauding. It was there was such an energy there. It—it's just amazing that I went to see it a week later, and there weren't as many people. It was a little bit of a letdown, but I loved the first time I saw Ghostbusters in a the theater.
1: What about you, Josh?
0: Do you want me to just take your scream comment and move it over here, Jill?
1: Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'll just, I'll just real quick say, um, I think that I probably, I mentioned earlier, the, uh, the scream experience and getting to see that because the, the key is understanding I worked at the movie theater. So my experiences might be a little bit uh, different than some. Uh, I love going to a drive-in. So I've had some good experiences that, at, at drive-ins as well, but, which sounded a lot more risque than I meant it. Um, the uh, but the movie theater, yeah, seeing Scream, getting to screen it at night, then having to go and turn off the projector after you know, it's like two o'clock in the morning, and everybody else has left the building, and you're completely by yourself. Even though I don't, you know, I was a twenty-ish year old man at that point. Uh, I was I was frightened. I was, I was deeply but, but at the same time at the same time it was kind of awesome so that was a good experience and then probably one of the worst experiences uh would be jaws for the revenge and not because of the movie which it you know speaks for itself but I remember that's the first time I remember going to a movie and it's actually at that exact same theater that years later I would work at um my dad took my sister and I to see it and we get to like the first five minutes of the movie where I won't say which of the Brody boys is is about to to buy it in, in the uh the Amity Island area there. But one of them is and they all of a sudden the movie just like locked up and then you got the big bubble and it burned. And It basically it turned out what I learned years later is a green print, meaning it would still, I guess, had some moisture on it or whatever from the lab because they had shipped it out so fast, and it kept getting caught up on in the in the on the platter system that they had, and so it it must have broken like six times, man. It was so annoying. Every time we would start up, last for like thirty seconds a minute, and so we had to leave. And it was one of the most even as a kid, I just remember being super frustrated, and then only to rent that movie some months later and realize that actually it was a blessing in disguise. So, <laughs> right.
2: I mean, for me, the most dis- disappointing experience, and this is not a horror film, but 310 to with the remake, uh, 10 minutes in some uh, little SOB pulled the fire alarm and we all uh. had to leave the theater and, and get a get a. Uh, a uh, a rain uh, I guess a rain check for another film, which I did eventually go back and see Three Ten to humor, which I love. But boy, was I, I was into that movie! It was right at the point I couldn't wait, and then some some sob pulls the fire alarm. Yeah, that's frustrating. Uh, and then that's it. So that was very frustrating. One thing that turned out great
0: is I went to go see Knives Out with my family, and it, we just had technical difficulty after technical difficulty, and they ended up giving us vouchers. And then by that point, it was too late for the kids to go watch another movie so i got to take that voucher and go watch black christmas by myself and then go back the next night and watch knives out with my family (laughs) (laughs) that that was perfect for me yeah um my favorite is probably ghostbusters as well that's one of the first movies i really remember seeing in the theater and just having a blast scream was a big one i've talked about that i took like five different dates to scream and really quickly found out if I wanted to continue dating someone or not. I'll took all my friends to it at the dollar movie. We, I probably saw scream in the theater 15 times. And then, um, other than that, Quentin Tarantino's movies have consistently been like my best theatrical experiences, almost every one of his movies I'm like what have I just seen and one of those examples was Grindhouse I saw Grindhouse with a bunch of co-workers who we were working for a a church related company that was like producing like church films <laughs> at that time and we were all of the people who were like closet horror fans and we all snuck out and went and saw Grindhouse together and it was super awkward <laughs> We were just laughing out loud and looking at each other like, how is this even happening? How is this happening on the screen? How are we sitting here together as like people who snuck out of this church movie like building to watch this? And it was just, I don't know, it was something hilarious about the whole experience. And uh, that was very, very, very memorable. And then also, weirdly before I learned that it was not beloved by everyone and in fact loathed by many I would say Rob Zombie's Halloween was like a major experience that one I saw almost completely alone in the theater there was one other person who I knew sitting a couple rows behind me but um, I was just like this is weird but amazing and weird but amazing and mm. I was so amped watching that movie in the theater for the first time like in a um, what do you call that not marionette but what's the early show called? Oh, matinee, matinee, matinee,
1: matinee, matinee, not a marionette, which is what <laughs> you, I was thinking. You, you went, you went to the marionette show. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Punch and Judy. Yeah, that's what you did. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it's funny because like I have a lot of like very fond nostalgic memories from seeing movies like, and I I mean this like I saw Doctor Giggles opening weekend, Leprechaun opening weekend, Brain Scan opening weekend, uh, Army of Darkness like all of those movies. I remember driving seeing Sleepwalkers, and I to this day love Sleepwalkers. And yes, you don't have to tell me. I get that that's C and D. I'm just saying that I just, I, there's something about that experience, especially a certain time in your life. If you go and you're able back back then, I think, especially just because we didn't have, I mean, we had distractions, but not as many as people have now that, uh, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's so many great moments that, uh, I can recall.
0: One of, one of mine was, um, when blade came out because it was one of the first action horror films. Yeah. So- yeah before all you know that became a mini trend and i remember because it was just like i'm sitting in this movie theater and there's like me and like i didn't have really friends who were into horror right so it's like me by myself and then like some of the goth kids from school who i was (laughs) used to seeing at vampire movies and then um all of a sudden only jocks from my school came in and we were all sitting there i'm like this is so weird like jocks and goths are at the same film? (laughs) What's happening?
1: Blade was bringing people together. (laughs) In a way that made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, That's great.
0: Um, This one's from Trey Whetstone. He says, congrats on 200 episodes. You brought me endless amounts of enjoyment over the past several years. My question is, what are each of your Halloween fall traditions. Well, let's do that at Halloween. Come on, Trey.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to answer it, but...